This is the Death by DVD audio commentary for Resident Evil, the final chapter. Whether you are streaming or watching on disc, we ask you to please prepare the movie and set it to zero seconds runtime and press pause. When instructed following the countdown, press play to sync the commentary with the movie. Three, two, one, play. I'm Alexander Nash. And I'm Hank, the world's greatest. A little bit of a delay there, Hank. What the fuck? <laughs> we'll edit that later. Uh, we're doing a commentary for Resident Evil, the final chapter. What a what an original name for a, a subtitle of a movie, the final chapter. What a great way to end our quarantine. And if you're queuing up right now, Screen Gems should have just disappeared on your screen. And now it's saying Impact Pictures. All right, so uh, I am no fan of the Resident Evil series, not by a long shot, but I am married and my wife has just dog shit taste in film and a lot of media in general. Um, so I've had to watch sit through all of these. I kind of enjoyed the first two, maybe partially three, and then they just all turned to shit for me personally. Um, and this one is no exception. This is by far as far as I'm concerned, the worst one out of all of them. Uh, so that's why we decided to do a commentary on this one, so we can shit-talk it. Yeah, the entire thing is an unpleasant experience, but I have some sort of novelty enjoyment for the Resident Evil movie series as a whole. I, I can't really explain it. We tried to recently, and it's just baffling. This particularly, I think, is uh, the, the turdiest of the turd. Well, right now, it just um, they're they're going into the history of the Umbrella Corporation, which has been totally retconned from the other films. This is just new, made-up bullshit that uh, Paul W. S. Anderson has come up with. Uh, they've pretty much like re, like or I guess just retconned who the Red Queen is, uh, what like what character the Red Queen is based on, and all this. So I don't know. I guess he didn't think we would keep up with. Um, the lineage of what he's been doing with these films. So this is basically starting from the beginning all over again, like he does with all these films, because at the end of the last film, uh, we uh, ended with Washington, DC, um, Alice in the white house and like a bunch of zombies and monsters around the white house. Like, okay, cool. This could, this could be really interesting. Uh, like big, like kind of a war, like a zombie war with Alice and all this shit. But no, we're starting with banal, repetition of what this story is all about as if you didn't know already and you'll see here soon that in no way shape or form do we get any of that white house footage that we are promised we just start with alice in like a wasteland again and, oh the infection's starting here now didn't it start in raccoon city how did it spread so fast the Dr. Marcus character is a retcon of the Dr. Ashford character, who is a retcon of the Dr. Birkin character, who actually never appeared in the series outside of a narration in the very first film. Dr. Marcus comes from initially the video game, as does Ashford, who is a manipulation of three different characters, and was Birkin, none of which have any true counterpart uh, in this film version. It's just kind of senseless. The one thing I will give um, Paul W.S. Anderson, though, is he does have, like, he does have an eye 
he um, on the production side of things, he can like this is a really nice shot. I mean, even it's not been overly color uh, color corrected or fucked with. And it's just, you know, it's really nice photography. And some of his um, tension scenes that he did, like the that thing in the. Um, oh, what the hell do you call those things? It was in Blind Fury too. the the sky ride, the fucking whatever, whatever those things are called. That was I mean, it was a, it was kind of well done, kind of tension filled, but it's just he just doesn't know how to write a story whatsoever. And he just like overcomplicates everything when he could have just made this incredibly simple and we could have had this entire series make some semblance of sense, but eh, that's not where we're going. We're going into just whatever the fuck I'm feeling like this week. This is how the virus is actually released in the video game that William Birkin and Albert Wesker decide to kill the head of the corporation, which causes the entire outbreak. So there is a little. So we've retconned the first one, basically. Pretty much. It wasn't just a random thing. They have some subtle nods to things that are included throughout the game in this entire series, but for the most part, it's just fan service, and it's a very poor attempt at fan service, too. Yeah, and I don't know why. Like, when you started with absolutely, like, almost no fan service to begin with in the first couple of them, why bother, like, retconning everything to try to make it more like the video games at this point uh, it just seems kind of stupid oh so see it's isaacs that is the, the red queen it's not dr marcus so that's even more you know just ignoring and but here now we're going to give a little bit of nod to some of the other movies like it matters everything yeah but we're part just two. clip show stuff as well, if we haven't seen the other films at all well take notice that part two is completely left out I don't know why. Why is part two? Well, there's Nemesis. So I'm much? sorry. They do a clip of the Nemesis face, but I think the entire story is left out because of Doctor Ashford that they didn't want to use what they established. Eh, whatever. That's that makes no sense to me. But neither do any of these films. And this is another uh, 3D film, or it was originally released in 3D. So be prepared for really shitty slow motion action scenes. Not that you like it's necessarily bad if something's in 3d because like dread was like beautifully made in 3d and resident evil though it's just it's gimmicky it doesn't even add anything to the story or anything whatsoever and that honestly is a hindrance to the story they're trying to tell oh washington's gone we could have seen that paul but no let's just yeah it's over the fight's over and alice is the lone survivor i guess of all the people who are in the white house who did we lose jill claire chris the kid, the kid. fucking Newt from the last one. The entire emphasis of the previous films. Nope, not important anymore, which happened in part two. I don't know. It's just, especially in this series, all the, the backgrounds are using, like um, all the, like, the desert footage. It's so strange to me that they can never make any of this interesting. It's just all kind of generic apocalypse footage. And there's like there's nothing really cool about it or event like you know in any way inventful at all because okay Washington's destroyed sure that and that's about as far as we're going yeah drink that that's good for you I'm sure there's no fucking virus in that water part three had a semblance of entertainment when it came to the Mad Max kind of nature of it all. And that, like, as far as I'm concerned, I know it's part of the video game series and all that, but the uh, the squid face, the squid face zombies are just, they're kind of dopey. It doesn't scare me at all. Or like, just a regular zombie would be sufficient in my eyes. But now we got to have 
Lost weird pockets. CG monsters. And it's been, God, it's been well over a year since I've seen this movie. Um, even though we've done shows on it, I remembered most of it, but it's, I don't know. It's just not something I like to go back to and get into that often. So this, uh, it might spark some of my imagination as we're going through this. Like, Oh, okay. I forgot all about this, this scene. But, um, it's another thing that's kind of interesting. The red, like from what four on, maybe even three on most of the, uh, the resident evil film started with kind of an action scene. And, it's been going a good almost 10 minutes, and this is our first semblance of action. So that's kind of a, a breakout from, I guess he wanted to make it more literate this time. I really want to get into the story, you know, this terrible story that I've been cultivating for the last 15 years. Well, it's the final chapter, so you've got to go all out. And retcon everything, so it's all pointless anyway. When could they start flying? I've always wondered. I don't know. <laughs> demon bats was this a, a person at some point was it like it was it created by uh, umbrella what, I mean, what is this there's something fascinating with the games of what the bioweapons are and that they were some at some point humans and that this you know cd corporation for years and years and years has been doing this engineering and bioengineering on people and it's all you know escaped and now you've just got some crazy lord of the rings monster what is there to be terrified about it's honestly a lot like um, the more recent Tremors movies with the uh, the flying ass blasters that are known in the Tremors universe. That, that It looks comparable to the way they've redesigned those in the last two Tremors films. I'm a little docile right now, but I'm, I'm sure as time goes by, I'll get more and more annoyed. Oh, you gotta perk up on me, Hank? Perk up, goddammit! No, I've only seen this once, and it was somewhat recent, and I think I paid the least attention to it just to get it out of the way. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, like, I guess this is trying to go more in that Marvel direction of, like, high CGI action, and I just don't see it being necessary. Because, uh, I mean, this is honestly why the the Tom Cruise Mummy movie did not work, is because it was aping shit like this. It's like, when something is horror, you should make it horror, and the Resident Evil series ceased being horror after, I'd say, the first or second one. I mean, there were always action horror films, but as they went on, they just gave two shits about horror anymore, and it just became about CGI fucking damage madness and just green screen filmmaking. And it just made the series as a whole a hell of a lot less interesting, I think, personally. Well, this is somewhat like the very first movie and completely lacks mostly original game characters. So it's it's Alice and you've got Wesker later on, but for the most part, it's just completely returning to what Paul had started with by, you know, making his own series. And I touched upon this once before, but I, I believe I, I, heard, I read or heard that Paul W.S. Anderson was kind of led to believe that he was going to be doing the prequel so-and-so to the Resident Evil series. And they went on and they went on ahead and released the Resident Evil Zero game. And at that point, he felt he could do whatever and obviously did whatever. Not so much an opinionated thing, but, you know, he had a, something with Capcom. It's licensed. Well, it's, I mean, I'm not deep into the Resident Evil game series. I've played a couple of them, but none of these movies feel like a Resident Evil game because those are horror survival games, and they're incredibly, like, for lack of a better term, they're, they're fairly slow games, and it's not like you have bullet counts. You have limited ammo in a good portion of them. Not all of them, but a good portion of them, and this is all about just 
slice and dice, shoot them and bag them. And that's just not what I like. It's more of a tension thing in the video games. It's more of like things creeping out from the dark. And does this feel like any of that to you? I don't think so. It just, I don't know. I just don't even know how it is even kind of the same as the, the game series. Why would it even be called resident evil at this point? Only maybe two or three of the games are actually really action based and, uh, you know, first person. And no one likes those. (laughs) Uh, I think that's part four and five, maybe part six. There was one, uh, there was a uh, spinoff called Dead Aim that was kind of like a first-person shooter. It went from third-person to uh, first-person if you, like, clicked your trigger or whatever. And that one I played, and I thought it was okay. But it, was, it wasn't like a Resident Evil game. It was just kind of a generic shoot zombies and kill them House Resident of the Dead. game. You remember that one, House of the Dead, the arcade game? They also made a really wretched movie. Oh, they made two really wretched movies, although the second one is way better than the first one. I mean, it's actually kind of fun, and the first one was just, it's fucking ooey bowl. It was the beginning of his torrid-ass career. I'm surprised Zach Ward, who appears in Resident Evil 2, didn't appear in that. He's a a favorite of ooey bowl. Yes, he is. He's been in a few ooey bowl films. So has that dude, uh, I can never remember his name. I think his name's Brendan something. He was in the uh, the Leprechaun remake. He was in Freddy vs. Jason. He's oh, been yeah. in a, a bunch of uh, He's in Bowl Rampage. Films. Yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. The little short dude. Blonde yeah. hair. That guy. So everything's over. The world's completely ended and all this shit's just hanging out. So basically we've picked up from part three. Because this is kind of how part three started, isn't it? It's almost like exactly how part three started. Less rednecks. But it's just, I don't I don't see the point of treading this ground again of like, well, Alice has got to get her shit together. I don't know why Alice can't just be a fully formed character at this point to where she's not always basically having the shit kicked out of her at the end of the last movie and now she has to kind of start from scratch again and pick up weapons again and like get told what her, uh, her objective is again. It's, it's just like, game. I don't find that interesting. Yeah, we gotta we gotta do it like a video game. Well, now we're like doing this whole thing that we've never mentioned before. That there are X amount of survivors left, and we've got to uh, do this plan. We've got to hit our objectives. And, you know, we got to level up our XP so we can survive. Get the last like what four thousand survivors or whatever it is left on Earth. As far as I'm concerned, like in what was in part four, there's barely any survivors left. They didn't know. I know. I mean, it's not like you can know what's going on in the entire planet, but at the same time, it seemed like no one gave a shit. And now it's there's a computer model for it, and we know exactly everybody's going to die at this point. Yeah, this movie's retconning all of that, so what you're saying would have made sense, because if the Red Queen has been online the entire time, she would have known in part four exactly what the statistics were. Why does she just all of a sudden have this update now? The computer would have known the entire time, and this also is neglecting the entire White Queen program from part three. So what happened to that? That was a whole facility with a completely different AI. What? Where did that go? Wouldn't the entire like point of this series to be to find this uh, this antivirus or uh, the cure or whatever? But they've never really been after that. They've just been after like some sort of salvation in each film, like getting to some point so we can start the next movie. 
Shouldn't this have traveled the entire time through the series, though, if I got to find the antivirus to stop all this? Well, what it should have been was a solid point of umbrella bad, survivors good, stop umbrella. But now we've gotten to a point that there is nothing but umbrella and the devastation they've created. So still, saving the day is going to do exactly what? And Wesker, apparently, he's a very slippery type character because he can just automatically just live through any situation. Oh, we got 48 hours. I got news for you. Nothing that happens in this movie could happen in 48 hours. It would take way longer than that. I'm still not over Wesker getting blown the fuck up in Resident Evil Part 4. Like, he got blown up with a nuclear device. Come on. And this is, as far as I'm concerned... Washington, how far is Raccoon City from Washington? Whatever. Because she got in there in like 12 hours. Who knows? Well, it's kind of funny because in the video game series, they tell you that it takes place in the Midwest, but it also is connected to the Appalachian Mountains. But there, there'll be a scene here I'll try and point out that I think she's on West 64, which if you're going from D.C. in that direction is going to West Virginia. So I'm assuming that it's somewhere in a mountainous area in the Appalachian Mountains. West Virginia seems likely from where they're going, where we're going. None of this look like West Virginia I've seen. The scene we're getting to is what I'll I'll bring up. There's a West 64, 64 East, maybe. Oh, there it was. Sorry. Hey. Um. But yeah, it's just as far like personally, I'm a I'm a zombie film fan, and I enjoy zombies. And there has been a mass amount of. Uh, saturation in the the zombie market over the years to where there's just too many movies. But if you do it right, you can make them entertaining. If you can just even get like the the feel of a zombie movie correct. And that's kind of the sad thing about the Resident Evil series for me personally is that some of the zombie stuff and some of the zombie footage that they show is actually really well shot, but they just kind of neglect it and go for a big monster movie garbage a lot of the time when they could really do some interesting things and make like a zombie video game come to life, but they're just more interested in just making fucking stupid matrix style action. The problem is it's not even a monster movie. It doesn't know what it is. This whole entire series doesn't know what it is. Is it an action movie? Is it a car movie? Is it a road series? Is it monsters? Is it horror? Is it zombies? Is it drama? It even dips into a love affair slightly with Carlos and Alice in part two and three. Which is honestly fairly unnecessary. I mean, it's not that women shouldn't be allowed to have some sort of love interest, like a, a female action star, but it's just, I don't think it's necessary to the plot here. I just don't see the purpose. Her getting close with him, maybe, whatever, but I just don't see it really helping with the character at all. Well, after they disregard and throw away Matt, that might have been something. If we could have kept Matt from the first movie, they could have had some... Uh, you know, blossoming romance that would have connected the characters, but we threw him away. Ah, uh, impossible style action. My favorite. Yeah, uh, I will say this. He did, um, he, Paul Anderson, I gotta drop that WS thing. It's already starting to annoy me, but Paul Anderson, like, at least in this one, he does speed up a lot of the actions, not all slow-mo action, but at the same time, it's like, it's a little too fast, Paul. Cut back on the editing. Slow it down. Let me find out what's actually happening in this scene. You don't have to cut every five fucking seconds. 
you don't have to cut literally like most shots in film now. And this is just a critique of modern filmmaking. Most shots are about a second to two seconds long before we cut to the next shot. And that just like, look at this. Can you tell anything that's going on? And I understand that, well, I mean, you're not supposed to. It's supposed to be disorienting. But at the same time, even dialogue scenes are shot like this. It's just cut, 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 cut. And not even interesting shots. It's just, look at this. The camera can't stop moving. So we're a road movie, I guess. I mean, this is where we're, we're leading with what the feeling is right now. We have to get on the road to Raccoon to save the day. Which, I mean, I can appreciate. That's an interesting idea, but they don't, just don't keep with the idea of it being a road movie that quickly declines when Alice gets somewhere. Um, him being a anywhere. religious nut, was it Isaacs? Um, this is kind of Dr. like Isaacs. new ground. Completely retconned in there. Yeah, this was never mentioned before that there was a religious fanatical aspect of this series. There was no political or religious notion to this outside of money in the first movie. I mean, Spencer... Uh, was was getting paid for this that's all we knew that's all we were, were led into now he's got slaves and <laughs> i don't know this this is a collection of alice heads yeah, i'll get perky here in a little bit because it's it's starting to get into what the fuck territory this is all what the fuck territory for me man i mean like it just doesn't even track with the rest of the films it's just we're going a completely new direction it's the last one. Let's do something different. It's like, I don't understand the point of doing it. You've done the same thing. we got to make it memorable. Time. And like for Alice to be such like a, a, a superhero style character who's had powers, who's had the powers taken away, who's gotten her powers back, um, she seems kind of like a puss-puss sometimes. She gets captured real easily. She uh, gets like hurt a lot. Um I guess she recovers fast. I don't know, but it's just, it's not your typical kind of uh, sort of superhero thing. She's not very good at her job. No one is. No one in the series that we've been shown. The strike squad in the very first movie was awful at what they did. The strike team in the second movie was very awful at what they did. Everyone's just horrible at what they do. This aspect of the film, I think, is really cool. Like, this, this whole shot's really cool. Uh, the idea that we're just driving this tank at this moderate speed and we're being followed by like thousands and thousands and thousands of zombies. It's a really interesting idea, uh, but we don't do anything with it particularly at all. It just kind of it hits its ultimate end here in the next, what, 10 minutes, and then we just kind of forget about this aspect again. We return to it later. Yeah, but it just, it we're just, we're, we're, bringing the zombies into the cities to get all the survivors. I get the idea, but like, let's really do something with it as opposed to where they really go to is just one big fight scene. Looks cool. I mean, can appreciate that. Yeah. Like I said, uh, Paul Anderson actually has, has a pretty decent eye. He just doesn't seem to use it. And I think I brought this up on one of the episodes where it's just, it seems like he just doesn't care that he kind of gave in because it was just, eh, whatever. I mean, this is what makes money. That's fine. I got paid in advance. Fuck it. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to completely rip the guy's ass apart, but he truly doesn't seem to care about his work. But at the same time, he's at the top of the food chain and look at us. Oh, you would like this if you had robot ears. 
so much better. Procedure's pretty easy. And now we're just we're going into this more plot heavy stuff. And I've never thought personally that um, what the Resident Evil series needs is more plot because they've been relatively plotless the entire time. But what plot they do have just always seems to get confusing because of how much they retcon. And this one is no exception. We just keep on adding more and more layers on. It's just kind of ridiculous. (laughs) Following the last film could have at least had some sort of success. There could have been something exciting, not even just destroying DC. I mean, there could have been something with Wesker working with Alice and forming all those characters, Jill's back, Claire, Chris... All of them together. Well, who else did you have? You had Leon and Ada. There was a whole great, you know, thing that you could have done something with. I don't know. A great thing you could have done something with. It sounds so fucking <laughs> stupid. There's nothing that you hey, could have done. Enough. I mean, there, there was a chance that you could have formed a semblance to, of an idea of what the video game had to offer with all of these characters together. But, you know, now you just have neglected to use them, dropped everyone. Like, and who is any of these people... Who is and Dr. Isaacs now? The, the stalwart of any action film at this point in history is everyone knows fucking Kung Fu in some way, shape, or form. And this would be a really interesting action scene if you just stop cutting. Just how many cuts? In five seconds, there were six cuts. What was the runtime on this one again, Hank? Is it two hours? One hour and 47 minutes. Uh, we made a stinky. This is a bad idea. We should have done Resident Evil 3. Hurricane Rana. Wow, we've already hit that point. We're already out of shit to say about Resident Evil movies. It's becoming a quiet commentary. Well, I mean, really, what do you say? It's just like, hey, here's another pointless-ass action scene that I can barely tell what's going on. All right. But I, I guess at this point in history, this is where we're at on action films, is everything, like even Fast and the Furious movies, which... On a whole, I kind of like because they are dumb as fuck, but they can be kind of interesting. But the like the physics in those films is utterly insane. Like none of this shit is physically possible. I don't care if you have superpowers, don't have so like none of this shit. Like no, you can't really drive a motorcycle off that quite. The, you'd have to get to speed. That's not really how that works. But whatever, whatever, not a big deal. Doesn't matter anymore. Cut, cut, cut. But I guess what are we um what are we about thirty minutes in to a film and we have had a lot of pointless story building that for the most part meaningless, and already three action scenes. This would be our third action scene. So you usually have about two to three minutes of dialogue in between action scenes um, in most action films now. We're not actually trying to 
build character for the most part. We're literally just trying to shock and awe you with enough stuff so you'll put your phone down for five seconds because I guess that's where we're at is just people cannot, they don't have an attention span. They they just can't sit still long enough to pay attention to what's going on and actually have characters and stories. I mean, can you remember any of the, uh, the umbrella soldier dudes faces? Not one of them. They haven't had their, like their faces on screen for more than there's an Asian guy. I remember that guy. There was a uh, there was one black guy uh, at the beginning of the action scene. But other than that, you're not going to be able to remember any of these characters. They're just disposable. We haven't written anything for them or even gotten interesting faces because in film modern films, we just hire attractive or bland. I'm not so sure. There's no like there's no interesting faces in film anymore. They're all just blandly attractive. I have yet to see anyone in this film like except for the man who's in his mid 50s who is nothing but just blandly attractive. I just want to know where Claire is getting red hair dye. I'm pretty sure that shot is kind of stolen from Land of the Dead. Not Land of the Dead, um, Diary of the Dead. And actually Night of the Living Dead, the remake. That concept, anyway. Is there a waterfall in Raccoon City? Is there a river running through that town? And I guess it would uh, make sense since they exclaimed at one point that it came through the water supply. Mm. You remember so much more about this series than I do. I more recently sat through it, so that, that's all it is. Is Raccoon City that fucking big? Was it a major metropolitan city? In the original movie, it doesn't seem like it was, and then you go into the hometown USA aspect of part four when they're in those weird little pods, and it makes it look huge. In the games, I think it was just a town, you know? So Alice gets knocked on her ass again. And we've got a new group of survivors that are literally just cannon fodder. Ruby Rose. Remember her? She kind of went nowhere fast. No, she's in the Batwoman TV series that apparently no one likes. I have nothing against it, but I don't have any interest in watching a Batwoman TV series. Oh my god, Claire's back. I guess she escaped Washington without a scratch and still has a lot of... I mean, her hair has been dyed very recently. Makeup is no problem in the wasteland. Shiny, happy, pretty people. I like the guy with the attitude. Oh, you mean as opposed to the guy with the attitude from the last film? Well, this one has a little bit more attitude, and he looks like he has a really cool sword, and I'm down with that. Like there hasn't been enough sword play in this series. Hey, that is a really cool sword. Use the fucking thing. Let me see it. It's just like it's an added thing, and that's kind of a problem with this film series is just so much is there's so much production design that they don't do anything with. And Claire's in love. 
I had some appreciation for at least the design of Alice. When they showed swords, she used them. When she had dumb double-barrel shotguns in the apocalypse, you had to manually reload. She still used them, with quarters nonetheless. It was stupid, but hey, at least it was thought out. I can appreciate that. Uh, one girl in the background is very heavy on the eyeliner for the apocalypse. Children? I haven't seen, like, what? We, there's been one child per film, and this guy just said, we we have children here. Let's see them. Because right now, there's, like, ten of you. Maybe fifteen. Well, it's like The Walking Dead. Who's out there mowing the grass? And have these survivors been in Raccoon City this entire time, even after the bomb went off? Or are they just, like... They came back well, for some reason? Well, they couldn't because Claire was in the desert in Nevada and Salt Lake City. And she where uh, she was on, she went to the boat. So that was in... She went to the boat, yeah. And then... Did she show up in Part 5? No, no, no. She's not she's in Part released, 5. She's released, isn't she? Isn't she in the chamber with Chris? Or That's, no, that's... Part 4. Okay. That's the end of Part 4. Baffling. She disappears for Part 5 when they're in the underground city facility. And then she just shows up again. Or did she go to Washington with her? I can't remember. I believe it was I just Jill, remember. Leon Kennedy, and Ada that made it back. And the child. I'm calling this man like like somewhat Omar Epps. Ooh, Mike Poor Epps. man's Omar Epps. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I thought you were making a Mike Epps joke. But yeah, no, he does look a lot like Omar Epps. Sorry. I get all my Epps. First confused. time I saw this, I was like, is that a fucking Omar Epps? It is not. Gain a little bit of weight. When the apocalypse happens, I'm definitely taking my goddamn hairbrush. You might need to pack it now. Nobody even looks like they smell. It's the apocalypse. They all fucking smell. Again, referencing The Walking Dead, it's something I can deeply appreciate with Norman Reedus and his apparent lack of showering. He does sort of... Look... He's not playing a character, Hank. That's just him. He's really that greasy all the time. Norman Reedus has not bathed since 1999. Look at almost, like, what was that? He was in that uh, Pandora movie, Greasy as Fuck. Almost every movie that dude is in, he is greasy as all shit. He takes a shower in the Boondock Saints and he's still greasy. And we got the Hitchcock bomb under the table thing of this uh, completely pointless timeline that we're on that we've got to get there in 17 hours. Like, oh, come on. All this shit would take way more than the amount of time you, you're expressing because they're getting ready to do like a, a defensive act for this fortress that they're in. There's no way you could accomplish any of that in like the five hour period they're supposed to. Driving from Washington, D.C. to Beckley, West Virginia will take you five and a half hours. So putting that in any uh, restraint of a timeline, if Alice had to go any place farther, she would still be on the goddamn road. You might as well not even say that. Just say in a couple of days the people will be dead. You don't need this running clock. It's, well, it's James Bond. You know, you got to have tension. You got to have something. But you know that they're going to hit their timeline. If not, then what's the point of watching the film? Well, there's no real point in having it. That is one of the problems. There is no hope. You know it's going to all go well. When Alice is faced with any question about humanity, you know she's going to go for the human race because she opposes Umbrella vehemently. So it's established. It doesn't matter. Well, I think that's uh, that's the five hundred dollar phrase here, Hank. Uh, I don't think anything ultimately matters in this this film or this series. Like Ruby Rose as a character. 
What? What is that little fucking... It's a Jesus knife. I guess they're in the Capitol Records building. That's in Raccoon City. And Ruby Rose showed up to do whatever Ruby Rose does. Did they get rid of some of her tattoos? She might Did not have gotten them up? yet. Uh, what was she famous for? What she? What was she in? I have no idea. I was going to ask you. I don't remember. She was in something before this that made her kind of like popular, or famous in some way. She's in Orange Is the New Black, but I don't know if this was ah, before that. That would be it. That's the. I've never actually watched that show. Uh, she's one of the love interests in the show. And just a like a weird mundane talk about CGI. You can film a character, a zombie, and you can duplicate that zombie. And so you can just like you know replicate what the footage with uh, digital effects. I don't understand why they don't do that more. It might be a um, might be a funds thing. It might be a money thing. But it just seems that it would work better than just completely creating human beings out of CGI, these zombie characters out of CGI, so they look like remnants of an old video game. Because this is like, a lot of this stuff ends up looking very PlayStation 2. Maybe, maybe an Xbox 360 maximum. But the the visual effects are not great. I mean, even something as simple as popsicle sticks, like they did for the Phantom Menace crowds, that it ended up looking realistic. You could have done something in the background, some form of movement, anything, but the overwhelming nature of computer generated imagery really outdates things and makes it unpleasant years later. Uh, also as a woman, uh, in the apocalypse, my, uh, my first thought is what can I wear to get my titties to pop? I need to pop my titties yeah. up a little bit. I need to look a little hot. I need to get a little greasy on them, but, um, I can't just be wearing something actually protective of my, of my being and my skin. Uh, might wear some leather so a zombie can't bite through it. Nah, nah, nah. Low cut. I think one of the characters I saw was just wearing possibly a bra under a vest. Which, uh, okay, that's a look. It's not going to really help you at the end of the day. In part two, Alice is in a gun store and decides to pick a crop top and bell bottoms. In part three, she's wearing suspender uh, latched short shorts with leather bell bottoms. It's it's senseless. Well. I do like this action, If there though. is... Yeah, this action scene is actually pretty good, but um, there is a purpose to it. It's there if there's a female character in a in a film, I need to be able to jerk off to her. I have to. I just I can't look at her and just not want to just beat off while watching this. I can't just enjoy it as a story. No, I need to whack off. The masturbatorial aspect probably should have been focused more on zombies, uh, horror violence. I mean, we're we're still heavy action. This again, it's a cool action sequence, but this is Resident Evil. This is a horror survival game. So yeah, they're surviving with a lot of action, but where's the horror? These zombies aren't even really zombies. I'm sure well, the zombies they... have changed throughout the the series too, because in the first one they were just like you know they were dumb shits. They were zombies. slow walkers. And now they've, like, like throughout the series have just, well, you know, popular culture has changed, so we need more running zombies. So we got to get them to run, because it can't be exciting unless we have running zombies. We had to heighten the stakes, and I understand that, but it might have behooved the series to maybe add an additional virus or explain something furthermore as to why the zombies can move so quickly. 
fucking nail gun. Not how a nail gun works. Not even close. They always do this idiotic emphasis, even starting with the first movie of saving somebody, and they it's never worth it. We gotta keep her presenting this idea of humanity. There is no humanity. I got news for you. If you weren't previously in Days Confused or a Final Destination film, you don't have much fucking hope in a Resident Evil film. You're probably gonna die. And if you have any hope, they're gonna fuck you like they did my man Mike Epps. But Omar Epps, he'll make it. At least ten more minutes. Everyone's faceless. This isn't even really our Claire. What, they had this brief, uh, it's you, you're alive, Alice. Ah, who cares? It's just well, Allie never, Larder. They've never written a character for Claire to have. She's just some survivor that has popped in and out of this series. And like in, what, in the fourth one, I have a brother who's pointless and I guess dies at some point. And then she's in this one. Hi, I'm Claire. And she just doesn't really have any sort of backstory other than... She's a survivor, and she was in other movies. At least we could have taken, like, a few minutes to show off, uh, even, like, um, an Army of Darkness-like scene where we show everybody preparing and show, like, the, the hordes of people that are getting ready to fight. But we just skipped right into this action scene. We showed a little bit of what they were doing, but, like, we didn't really show the the magnitude of people that they already have at this uh this building so the amount of survivors that die i have no idea because at the end of this scene like there's very few people left so i don't know if you'll die in this action scene because you didn't give a shit to tell me it's even like Zack snyder's dawn of the dead had a pretty decent setup scene where the survivors are shown before they all start to perish and it's something small but a nice note of detail that would have helped really edge this along because what we are putting all of our stock in is Alice, and we know certainly that nothing bad is going to happen to Alice, or it fucking would have. Oh, wait, it did. She died in part two. How, I, we don't know which version of Alice this is after part f four? Yeah. So, uh, who cares? It doesn't matter. It's just fucking people. Not, I mean, and I don't mean to say that like in a, in a not like, fuck it, it's just people, but none of these characters have any arcs. None of them, they're just fodder it doesn't matter it's like watching a really bad slasher movie from the early 2000s where you just don't care about people dying well the eyeliner chick just died we gave her a, a, a moment to i guess to grieve over her even though we were never introduced didn't never given a name for her. but at the same time like what's interesting also about this series is they've never been very consistent about how you kill the zombies some of them you can just shoot in the chest some of them in the head so there's they just seem like they're made out of like fucking goo they if you just like shoot them enough times that'll be fine if you break their necks or whatever it just doesn't make any sense there's no real like continuity they've done that since part two almost though that they've just non-stop just shot things and it's always been massive squib effects there's been no real focus and you'd think even with these squads and these trained people that understand the virus from umbrella that they'd aim for the head but i think the oh, effect is just what is this uh this is terrible. <laughs> this fucking weird trapeze act she's in right now. God damn, I don't know. This is what I hate about Resident Evil. She's got her shotgun. She's got her shotgun back.
I will give them that the uh, the fire that they uh, they poured down the building almost looks like a volcano. Well, that's that's kind of cool. It's an okay shot, but just another gripe that I have in just films was that kerosene? What is that? Uh, is that glue? What is? Oh, because gasoline just fucking explodes when you light it on fire. It doesn't like create like a napalm type situation. It literally just blows up. It's combustible. It's not particularly like flammable. It just kind of blows up. Do you so, feel the shotgun was a nod to Phantasm? No, I think the shotgun is a nod to. Paul Anderson's tiny dick. <laughs> okay, that that was uncalled for. I apologize. I apologize for that. I don't know. I thought it was funny. Oh wait, Asian guy, definitely a kung fu scene. So this place was surrounded by zombies no more than like two minutes ago, and now there's enough space and room for. Alice to have this weird fight scene with some random umbrella uh, operative. They all burned up. Yes, they all burned up and there's no longer any fire. Yep. Oh, there's one. There's some remnants of it. It's like a Street Fighter match. No, I'd say the shotgun can't possibly be a reference to something like Phantasm because I don't give... Paul Anderson that much credit for having taste or depth <laughs> it is only three barreled but I couldn't help but think about it yeah did she mill that herself where does this come from in the apocalypse maybe they got it at the eyeliner store okay I, mm-hmm. so how does this tank work she just poured gasoline all inside of it How many zombies were, like, running towards them? It looked like fucking thousands, and they've only killed, like, probably, what, a thousand? Yeah, the explosion wasn't really satisfying enough to convince me that everyone's dead. Huh. Hmm, I don't know. For, for humans... To like in this zombie apocalypse, have no like. I know they're supposedly the em- en- uh, enemy, but you're like literally torturing another human being. You're you're torturing him. Well, he was gonna kill us. Yeah, but shouldn't you want to like try to band together? Is he just? Can he not be like? With the emphasis of the movie being only four thousand people left, you really think that they wouldn't be going Spanish Inquisition? Come with us, maybe or. Like, you don't have to be an umbrella operative. Like, maybe we'll hold you captive, but we're going to give you a chance. And No, we're just going to send them out in the wasteland. Well, later on, we'll find out that none of these characters even matter with what's going to happen. And none of these characters would matter at any point. None of them have mattered in any Resident Evil film. So how many people are left? Like, 20? And how many people are in that building? No idea. You never showed me. So I guess lots of you died, or a few died... <laughs> Which no one is emotional over. No one's upset. Well, it's to be expected at this point. We watch people die every day. And now there's like literally, what, two, four, six. There's eight people left. When did the kid die? Why didn't they show us that? They said they had kids. They said they had a lot of kids. Or they send them all out. And these, they might have sent them all out. 
and they're the only people who are going to uh, try to infiltrate the hive. That might have been useful to show. Possibly, but you know, budgets and all. Where do we go? <laughs> I guess they okay. They had a rope. Yeah, they did have rope at the building. I'll take that back. After disarming a woman and killing somebody, I guess they couldn't get children. Two hours left. This is unnecessarily long itself. Well, we've got to have our weird fucking graphics of the computer. Completely unnecessary. I don't know why that's been a thing that they've used throughout the series. Gotta remind you, it's underground. I'm thinking about getting robot legs. Procedure's pretty easy. I just don't know how you show up to star in this film. And like, we're going to have you play Wesker, put these sunglasses on this leather outfit and you need to pretend to take any of this seriously. I don't know if I could keep a straight face being like this douchey of a character. This guy sure did. He doesn't even really look real. And the, the whole thing about this guy, because ultimately this guy's going to turn out to be a traitor. And that is not a spoiler because you know it from the first time you see it. Hey, Claire's got a boyfriend. Ah, he's going to sell her out. He's totally going to sell her out. It wasn't enough with how dumb this was. There had to be some espionage extra shit. Something stalking us. Again, why are there no other dogs? And they've got trimmer faces now, because I guess the virus is mutated. But this has been a thing that has run through the series of the uh, the zombie dogs or the killer dogs, and I've just never found that particularly interesting. I don't know why this is like the thing that's continued in almost all of the films. Like this is this is a stalwart of the Resident Evil series is to have some bad CGI killer zombie dogs. Eh. No golden retrievers, no cats, no turtles, no owls, uh, just zombie crows in one movie and these fucking dogs. And they're always Dobermans. There's no other species left. I mean, I'm nitpicking detail here, but there couldn't be a German shepherd possibly or a bear. Uh, there's so many scary creatures in the world. Praying yeah, mantis. but that takes imagination, Hank. <laughs> I guess it's easy to train Dobermans. I'm just asking a lot. Oh, the old guy died. Oh, no. I learned to love that character so much. He was like an uncle to me. What the fuck is happening? I, I mean, why weren't these dogs out there in the first... Did they release them? Did they come from the hive? Release the hounds. Pretty much. Oh, the dogs can't swim. Somehow, because dogs can swim very easily. Not zombie ones. And more so than anything, like, as we progress throughout this movie, you're going to notice, like, at the beginning, there is a more detail to shots. 
Um, and now everything's kind of looking a hell of a lot more ugly. It's getting a hell of a lot more brown. Although I will commend him for um, making Night look kind of like Night. I mean, kind of old school filmmaking of nighttime to where you have some key lights and uh, some like, you you know, you rim people's faces with lights and stuff like that. They didn't go for that generic blue moonlight bullshit, that color tint that I, I just can't stand. Not a lot of violence in this. I mean, it's there, but there's nowhere near the amount of gore you would expect for something like a zombie horror survival series. Well, it's also quick. The shots are so quick, and I think a good portion of it is they are rated R films, but at the same time, it seems like they were always shooting for like a PG-13 rating while still making them all R. I, I don't understand. I think they knew there was only a certain amount of uh, limit to people that would take this seriously, and most of them were under 18. I don't even know if they can take it seriously. I think most people just... <sighs> I Here's the old man talk. But, like, watching younger people watch movies now, like, when theaters still existed, uh, you just... No one's particularly paying attention. Everybody's fucking around with their phone. Everybody, it's... It's literally you like you can't give them too much downtime. You just need to have like a flurry of images because they're not going to pay attention anyway. And at the end of the day, no matter how shitty your movie is, they're probably going to say, oh, it's pretty good. I, I liked it. There are people who like Suicide Squad and that movie is horrible. It doesn't even feel like a real movie. But I heard like a few people not on the Internet, actual people I like I known in real life going, no, it was pretty good. I, I kind of enjoyed it. What the fuck did you enjoy about that movie? It was like a disaster. It's just a mess of a movie. There, unfortunately, is more substance to Resident Evil, the final chapter, than there was to Suicide Squad, and it was a struggle. It's one of the very few comic book movies I've sat through, and it, it was a pure struggle, and is one of the reasons why I don't like to take people's advice and watch DC or Marvel movies, because I've seen that one. Well, I will give the, the like the, the Marvel universe like for, for continuity that... Like at least Kevin Feige has been able to kind of get a stream of ideas together. Not all movies are exactly the same, but they all kind of feel very similar. It all feels like the same universe. And DC movies have just been all over the place because they just can't come up with a consistent tone for any of them. And at least in the Resident Evil series, I will get there is a somewhat consistent tone to them. I mean, it's a it's a really stupid tone and it's a really ugly tone but it, it at least exists and, and like suicide squad completely out of like the the tone for the rest of the those dc series uh, series of movies there's a solid representation of at least who's good and who's bad in the resident evil series we we know who the characters are and what they're fighting for so at least something makes sense and now we're laying on more garbage plot that's could have been hinted at in any of the rest of the films if he had come up with it, but this is like a uh, Saw series level of back writing to where it's like, ah, eh, no, this has been going on the whole time. Just in the, We just didn't tell you about it, but it was always there. We always had this idea. Remember the villain from part three? He was super religious. You just don't remember. We brought him back because, you know, clones. Once you introduce clones to a series of movies, just all bets are off because then nothing means anything. Anybody can die and be brought back. It's just dumb and pointless. How many times have we brought back dead characters in this series? 
They present Wesker as the head of Umbrella Corporation in Part 3 and that Isaacs is a subsidiary to him working in a hive somewhere in the desert with the White Queen. So now he's the second chairman or the co-executive of Umbrella. We've just completely neglected any any past characters at all. I guess he just he had the time to shoot. So let's just put him in there. Eh, he's not doing anything. Let's put him back in the series. Or they gave him a decent enough paycheck. He has been here since part two. Was he in part two? He was. He was uh, put in flashback sequences, and then at the end when Alice dies and is cloned, it's him. Good God. That's Dr. Isaacs. And then in part three, he's insane in the underground lab and ends up becoming the tyrant for the uh, the big nasty villain fight at the end of that one. I think somewhere in this, there is a line of dialogue between Claire and Alice about it. <laughs> it's literally shaped like a T. <laughs> it's the T-virus. It's so fucking stupid. That is one of the dumbest touches. Oh, man. Uh, and now we've got RoboCop. Yeah, the Red uh, Queen's level. RoboCop. When we throw the, like uh, all these misnomers in, just all of a sudden, it's, no, I've always been able to not hurt, except you killed everyone in Umbrella in the first film. You killed an entire hive of people. That was the whole point of the first movie. Oh, I guess it's so we can have a you're fired scenario, so we can redo the RoboCop joke at the end. Well, it's even beyond that because it's a big bleach blonde person that's being fired, you know. Ah, uh, it's Ronnie Cox, baby. Ain't nothing gonna top Ronnie Cox. Well, no, it's a whole like Donald Trump joke, you know. I think that was yeah. the the focal point. We're gonna be clever because we were religious. Now we're gonna be political. Ah, uh, stop it. Fucking do demons in space again, Paul. That was good. I am all about having a political angle to a film. And I think it can like show just what you're thinking, like different ideas and ways of thinking. But in no way, shape, or form should there be a political angle in a Resident Evil fucking movie. I mean, there could have Did... been if he started it. I mean, there kind of initially is in the video game. The whole point is big corporations are bad. Don't trust big corporations. Don't give them all this power. And you kind of have that relevant throughout the series, You but you just don't put an emphasis on it. And now... You add this religious Zelo bullshit and reframe the entire character, and the principle is too late. You, you should you can't apply this matter to something at the last fucking installment, especially after the the five previous ones being absolute faff. It's just I get, it seems like there's just been such a lack of story in any of these films that it just feels like they're really piling it on in this one, like. And we're going to wrap this up. So here's what the entire story for this entire series has been the entire time. But you haven't indicated any of that with any of your films until now. Out of all the characters they choose to bring back, why never Mike Epps? Why did he not get cloned? Uh... So remember, like, on one of the shows I talked about how Terminator 2 has a lot of fat on it, that there's a lot of pointless action scenes and stuff like that? Like yeah, this, it's kind of like a Mack truck driving down the road with a bunch of shit on it. Yeah, like, that's just, like, it, it's not adding anything to the story particularly. 
this fan scene, this tension-filled fan scene, quote unquote, is rel- it's pointless. There is literally no point in having this in the film other than we haven't done anything in a while, so this is the uh, we got to do something. Well, so see, here you to go. To me, what it says is we haven't killed a character in some time, so we have to give you a more interesting way since we did a couple zombie and dog deaths and there was a lot of violence with the fire scene, so we've got we've got to do something. So it's just, uh, I mean, and it doesn't make sense to even what they tell you in the first movie, the construction of the hive is and how safe and how great it is. Why? It doesn't matter. None of it matters. We're really getting into the what the fuck territory here. Yeah, this is where it gets really kind of fucking stupid. But I, I can't say it. it's been really kind of fucking stupid the entire movie. Well, you'll notice, too, before they dispatch a character, they'll begin showing them more. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's actually something you you notice in reality TV that I've seen a lot, is in the first, like, I'll go for it with Top Chef, because I, I watch Top Chef. Um, they'll introduce everybody on Top Chef the first episode. If you get a very large introduction and, in like, interview segments in the very first episode, good fucking luck, you're going home this episode. The more that you feature in an episode either means you're going towards the end of the show and you're going to be in the final like two or you're going to be gone this episode. There's no <laughs> if ands, or buts around it because they got to build a character to make you feel sorry for them once they get kicked off the show. And Resident Evil is literally no different than any like any number of reality game shows. Same thing. Well, you'll notice that they begin building up the character specifically to kill them off, so it gives you a good heads up, even starting with the third movie, like, damn, they've had a lot of screen time, somebody's about to get killed. And in this situation, I'm sure you can figure out who. Like, the dude with the beard, is he even a character? Is he literally even a character in this film? He was in the back of the tank. He was being held captive. I don't. He's had like maybe two lines of dialogue, and now he's just in the background, and his face is just so bland. In the last movie, when Leon and Barry are introduced, there's absolutely no one else with them. And then once they get into the hive complex in Japan, there are three extra characters that were just placed there to die. Gotta have some cannon fodder. At least Omar Epps is going to be okay. For the next ten minutes. See ya, Ruby! It's got to linger, though. She can't just go. Has she had a character in this film other than, like... Tough gal. And she's tough gal, okay. Gotta have a Vasquez. If a fan is really that powerful, wouldn't it just kind of start ripping your arms off as you're holding on? I mean, this is the alien scene. This is Ripley at the end, and the pod door is open. They're getting sucked into space. She just lets Newt go this time. And now we're done with that little video game sequence for no reason, so we're just going to move on to the next thing. We'll just stop the fan. 
I tried to kill you all. Why wouldn't he just leave it on the entire time? It would solve literally everything. Just leave the fan on. It would solve on. the entire problem you're having. I've got to play cat and mouse. I will give Mila this, though, that at times throughout this series, like just right there you see her after Ruby Rose died, she does have a fair amount of vulnerability, and I can appreciate that in a character because... Action movies in themselves can be incredibly boring if your character doesn't have any vulnerability, unless it's like the 80s and it's Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. But recently, I just I need my characters in most modern films to have a little bit more vulnerability than you would throw in something naturally. And he just killed everybody. Uh, Why? You need them to have actually a character. I think that's one of the more significant things. Somewhat you can have a semblance of a attachment to Alice because you've had her throughout the entire series, but, I mean, you can say the same thing for Dr. Isaacs, and there's just no attachment to him. I don't know who any of these people are. Uh, Claire, I recognize her face. That's the only attachment I have to her. Different shade of red every time we see her. And we're getting ready to come up to my least favorite part of this entire movie, this action scene with Mila Jovovich and... Um, and I, some monster, like in, a, I guess, a corporate cafeteria or whatever. I swear, I almost had a seizure when I watched it. And I'm pretty sure I might have a seizure again if I have to watch this fucking scene again. What I don't get is Wesker is hanging out in here. And later on, we're going to find some other things out about this in- institution. What else is inside of the hive, rather? I don't want to give things away right now, but... um. So what is it not cleaned up? How are they just chilling? How's Wesker hanging out? Why are there no big boogeyman monsters knocking on his door? Why? So half of this isn't secured, and half of it is. There's there's no sensical nature to this at all. And how do they have unlimited funds and people like, like the cannon fire, the the umbrella soldiers? They're just all going along with this too. Like, how many fucking people do they actually have as a part of this corporation? They just seem to have an infinite clones. amount of people. They're all clones. Ah, okay, clones. The question is, who the fuck's paying the electricity? I mean, if the world's over, how are their generators or lights or any of this going on? Where are these satellites running from? Who's manning them? Who's acknowledging the information coming from them? It takes hundreds of people. Red Queen. And I guess Isaacs has been running Red Queen the whole time. Oh, such a pointless death for numerous reasons. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Stop with the epilepsy. This whole scene just... It gives me a headache. Stop flashing! So there are just numerous traps in the hive. Just even in the air vents, we just have like weird mousetrap scenarios where we can just dump people into weird levels of a video game. Well, what I'm assuming is it's some sort of like hyperactive complex, and Wesker decided uh, to overrun the Red Queen and him personally do it. So I, I think that's the point, that he's just sitting there doing this to them.
it helps to build tension if you don't cut every two fucking seconds. And isn't this the exact same scene as the cat, the cafeteria, the um, the prison shower in part four? Are we much. doing the exact same build? I love that everything has the umbrella logo on it: chainsaw, motorcycle, everything. Umbrella. Well, they are a multinational corporation, Hank. They can just do whatever. But at this point, shouldn't everything have umbrella on it? Then uh, I don't know. I'm asking too much. Uh, you asked anything at all? Okay, so I was completely wrong. It's not. What is this? Just a medical bay? The fuck? There's just hooks everywhere and just bodies and tables randomly placed. I'm worried about Omar Epps. That is some piss ass poor CG. Well, Omar didn't make it. I had so much stock. And this is is just ugly. That's the only word I can really use to describe this action scene. It's just the ugliest thing shot. Just look how fast the cuts are. I cannot tell anything that's going on. Does anyone worry about ammunition? Why is everything doubles? Why is the flashlight like four tiny flashlights? Why are the gun barrels on pistols two-barrel pistols? Why is the weird duplication of everything? Doubles better. It's cooler. Why are we even fucking with stupid monsters like this? They could have just inserted a liquor, and, you know, that would be fan service itself. Oh, there's still a liquor in the hive. Not even one of those super mega mega liquors from the other movie. I mean, that was scary enough. And, though, like, the, the, like, where they've composited the real action in with the CG is just really poorly done. I don't know how the CG got set back in this this film as opposed to some of the other ones because some of the other ones don't have as, quite as bad as CGI. This is like going back to the, the first Resident Evil film on CGI-wise. Well, it might have been the final movie for a reason, budgetary purposes. They had to have made their money back. There's no way they couldn't have. And just, I mean, like, even the design of that creature is just, it's sloppy. It's just a bunch of kind of stuff put together. It's kind of like um, one of my problems with the more, well, the George Lucas Star Wars films, the prequels, was all the CGI was just, like, you've got to actually consider that creatures and monsters that you're creating in, like, a, a CGI form have to have, like, bone structures, they can't just be all weird and gloppy and have tiny little legs and giant bodies and the legs can't. So it's just you've got to think about these things. You can't just do whatever you want. You have to, like, pay attention to what is actual physics in life or then it just doesn't make any sense. And it just looks goofy as shit. I said this earlier, but that's one of the things that makes the game scary is that they're bioweapons. They were once human. There's an architecture to that, and it's just a simple flow of how can we make a, a human scarier. I mean, look at something like The Void, 
that was a great concept and it was actual practical effects and it still worked really really well but it was human at its uh, origination you know and that's really scary when something was human yeah and it's just i don't know once you kind of sucked all the reality up to it it just it all feels just empty it just doesn't feel like it has any solidification to it and it just, I don't know, it just overall makes everything seem more like a fantasy. And I don't, I want it to be based in some sort of reality, some feeling of reality. And there's almost no reality left in this. I mean, get as wild as you want to, but still a semblance of reality. And I mean, I referenced it earlier, but Aliens is a very batshit movie, the James Cameron film, but it still has a semblance of natural reality that you can at least relate to something. With the first movie in the Resident Evil series, you've got such a multitude of different characters from Matt and the Hit Squad to Alice and Spencer. You just really don't know who anyone is, and so you can put a little bit of humanity into it. The second movie goes into overdrive with just ridiculous macho characters, and from that point forward, all hope is lost. How many fucking times are we going to be in this goddamn stupid laser room? This is like the third or fourth time. Gotta love the lasers. I, why is this the thing that people remembered from the first film? And it's not even something from the game series. The um, the 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 shooter game that you were referencing, I believe, is the only game that has made a nod to it. I think the Red Queen's in that too. So all these weapons are just still sitting there from the first film, not covered in any sort of dust. None of this stuff is covered in dust. I do like at least you know throwing a nod to the events that happened. I mean that's one of the okay things about the scenario we're getting into is somebody realized something and wrote it into it, and I can appreciate that mildly. I can appreciate none of this. Yeah, this was the um the hardest one I think to do a commentary on. So it's it's not even so much what the fuck filled, but. I'm just trying to follow what's going on, you know, and it's it's so difficult to keep a semblance of it. We really should have done, like, part three because we at least would have yelled a lot. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's some ugly CG. Uh, so Umbrella has just got all these people in cryogenic sleep. And a facility that is still infected massively with bioweapons? I just am baffled as to why they why is the hive infected, but all these people are here. Has Wesker been frosting his tips? He has to have been. I don't remember this character ever being particularly blonde. Well, the character in its nature is super blonde and always has sunglasses on, but this one's hair is very from movie to movie. Oh my god, they're clones! Even though he showed up, he got killed in part three and he's shown back up. I automatically assumed that that was a clone. How is this a reveal? Reminds me of the uh, first Underworld movie where they bring out Bill Nehe. That's another series I don't have much love for either, personally. Very similar in their nature. Senseless. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I can't stand the gun-fu movies of the early 2000s. I'm down with it if it's from like 1990 and it's from China. You know, I love that double Glock action. 
City That's on Fire. That's a little different, though, because there was a reality base to that. And then, like, they made um, Underworld and Equilibrium. She would have blown her foot off with that. There's no way, shape, or form that wouldn't happen. Now, I like um, Equilibrium. I enjoy that movie. But that, again, maybe is just for Omar Epps and Christian Bale. And there's a lot of really just uh, intense fight scenes in that. But it's a little bit of a different movie than something like this. There actually is a, a story and a point and a soul to it. But it does have a, an excessive amount of action. It's an, it's an all right film. Well, I don't mind Equilibrium because um, it was like one of the first true like Matrix kind of, if you want to say, rip off films. It doesn't really rip off the Matrix, but it's just a little bit of that style, a little bit of that weird like flying around with guns and doing impossible cry shit. That didn't bother me as much as just as it started a trend at that time and everything became that and everything became these impossible scenes of action and just what I love in action films. Like if you go back to some of the eighties stuff with like, yeah, there's some unbelievable stuff. There's no way that the bad guys can shoot as many rounds at the good guy as they could. And the good guy not ever get hit. But at the same time, like there's a little bit of reality of how bullets actually work that you can't literally curve a bullet in the air by like swinging your arm and just all this stuff, all this ridiculous action shit and spinning around and on like all this wire work. I'm just not interested. The Matrix had a place for it. There, there was a sense to it because of what the characters could do in the Matrix. You were given a universe, an idea that surrounded it. So it made sense. But every other movie uh, post then just decided to adopt it. Even like Max Payne, why the fuck can he, do this in the matrix when it was initiated pretty much you had a, a reason so when they develop that technology i'll give it a little bit of uh, defense in that manner because that's that's what it was made for you know these people are different they the characters were set up when anybody else uses it it's just uh, you can't duck a fucking bullet man unless your no, bullet tooth I mean... tony and then you know that's a different story you know why they call him bullet tooth tony his teeth are fucking bullets, Avi. <laughs> um, oh, oh, he's a turncoat. Oh, that's crazy. Didn't say that. Uh. Who'd have thought this would have turned out to actually be a pretty quiet civil commentary, just kind of... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you want me to freak out more? Well, you know, and it's one of those things we 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 picked this because we thought it would end up being you know riff tracks and really funny. And here's just a pretty subtle fan commentary. Oh, just I wouldn't even call it a fan commentary. I'd call it an unfan commentary or a non-fan commentary. Call it a shit on, because I got a computer in my brain. Come on with this. I don't even think we're being that negative. I mean, I'm sure that some cards they got back for test audiences were much worse than than what we're going on. I like this. I like this dumb bullshit, this calculation bullshit. I don't. It just, it's additional crap. Well, nothing hey, else Hey, you has can't happened. beat me. I mean, there's not been any development of characters. There's been nonstop, uh, like, stupid action with this Dungeons and Dragons. We've got to get to the bottom of the hive plot. So at least here there's something going on with characters interacting that aren't just dying. Yeah, I mean, we're trying to expand the story a little bit and all that, but it's just, I mean, I'm biased. I can fully admit to that, that just this level of techno action is just, it just seems kind of dopey to me. It's insulting. I got a com- 
got a computer in my brain and I can predict all this. Shit. It's just like, I don't know. I, I'd rather have some vulnerable characters. I'd rather have people that like when there's a fight, I actually fear for someone's life in some way, shape or form. I mean, it's almost insulting to me. Like, as no, an this is member. insulting to me. This is not what fucking progeria is. Progeria doesn't literally mean you just get old. It means that like you get very deformed when you have progeria. I don't know about um, that. I saw Jack, and he seemed pretty okay. Oh, God. This is not how this works at all. No, you just get old. You get unnaturally old. This She's really 15 years old, but she looks like an 85-year-old. No, you barely make past like being like what 13 14 years old because your heart stops you're you're you have a impossibly enlarged head it's just like it's a very serious possibly. condition that most of the kids don't survive they don't just get old that's not how it works their bodies just kind of get old you're nothing more than a Puppet who sat its strings cut. Oh, like I had any feeling for Alice this entire time because I don't even know what version of Alice this is. Is she the one from the first movie or is this another clone? She can't be the one from the first movie because she gets a giant pipe through her chest at the end of the second movie and they present her as a clone. And then in the fourth movie, there's the giant Alice fight. And we don't know which uh, ponytailed Alice has survived at the end of that one. And they still at the very end show that there's like five Alice clones that we never get back to ever. So why do I care? Why do I care about this journey? This is what they're trying to present to you now, I guess, is your emphasis on why you're supposed to care, but there's just none for me. There's there's nothing personal. Everyone that I cared about mildly, you've gotten rid of. You gave me hope with Chris. You gave me hope with Carlos. You gave me hope with TJ. You gave me hope with Claire. Claire's still here, but, I mean, she's in the scene, just standing there. I know Wesker has a gun on her, but what's the point? Really, what's the point of any of this? I mean, Claire is a complete non-factor in this scene they just left her there so they didn't have to kill off the character because it's just like yeah we're gonna let her live but she really doesn't have a point in the scene other than some sort of threat i guess to uh to alice just to establish characters are still in this fucking movie So, wait, they're going to wake up the rest of the board. So, like, like fucking 2,000, 3,000 people in this infected hive that they've already established has a bunch of bioweapons and monsters and all these things roaming around in. Ah! What? Is there anyone that's going to clean it up? I don't... Ah, I'm asking too many questions. I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting spicy here toward the end. How would you not know your fucking gun's not loaded? I would have checked. And we just stole the scene from RoboCop. It's a blatant scene of thievery. How did we not know it was you, Dick Nose? You know, when you shoot people, nothing happens. They just fall over dead. They don't, you know, 
sit there and spit blood out. The back of their head doesn't explode. They just kind of fall. Anatomically, yes, that's how it is. Yeah, that's always bothered me in films, though. Like, why not show the, like, the devastation of, of what violence creates? Like, RoboCop is actual scenes of violence. It's incredibly bloody, incredibly gory, but, I mean, like, fucking Alex Murphy's begging for his life in that film. That's real violence. This is, like, some cartoon nonsense that you shoot somebody and they fall down, like, lethal weapon movie, but no blood even comes out. Just a... Just some red dust flies out of you, and then you're just done. But it was okay because you're a bad guy. You didn't have a wife, a family, or any of that shit. You're just evil. I love when people get shot in the shoulder. Like, it's not connected to massive amount of veins and arteries that will cause you to bleed out and completely impair you. But you get a thirty-eight caliber or forty caliber shoulder shot in a movie, and it's like, ah, I just got to hold it. It hurts. Yeah, you get shot in your thigh. I just got shot in the leg. It's fine. Is it? Because uh, that's one of your major arteries runs through that leg, and that's been severed. You should bleed out here in, oh, about five minutes. That is not how that works. At least giving a little bit of credit to our old boy Quentin Tarantino with Mr. Orange's gut shot and Reservoir Dogs. There was some realism to it. You, Tim Roth acted his ass off. That's something that you don't always have to show to the, the fullest extent, but when somebody gets injured, like Mad Max, he gets his leg run over, he's wearing a leg brace through the entire series. It's even in Fury Road. Yes, there is damage to be had on the human body. You don't just recover. And we understand that it's it's been presented to us that Alice has some abilities that are, you know, different and that she can heal. But still, there's an extent to it. There should be an extent to it, but you know how that works. Old Mila's kind of hot, though. Ah, I don't know about that. I'll take it. I think she'll, when she actually gets that old, she'll look a lot better than that. Oh, definitely. Kind of chunky makeup. It's it's unfortunate that this is sort of the, the big, remarkable piece of Mila Jovovich's career because she can't act. She she really can. The fifth element shows a whole barrier and wall, and some of that comes forward with, with the, the clone presentations of Alice, and there are good bits and pieces of her, you know, showing her chomps, but Mila Jovovich is a really talented actress, and this is you know, the big facility of how we get to see her and eh, sad. Well, but like at least in this film, like Paul, why is your wife not naked? She's been naked in all of these. Do I not get a scene where she's wearing paper? Are they still married? Uh, they're still married. I think they just had a kid not too long ago or she's pregnant right now. I can't remember. I know she was pregnant throughout some of these in the series, but she was also uh, prior to this. She was married to Luke Besson, wasn't she? No, I don't think so. No, I thought she. I thought they got married for the the Fifth Element, but I'm not sure. I might be wrong about that. I don't follow on the the private life of a lot of people. I know a lot about Harry Dean Stanton, and that's about it. Oh, well, Hank, I'm getting ready to do the unthinkable to you. I'm getting ready to have to turn this over to you for about 45 seconds. You're gonna be on your own. Because I got to take a piss. I'm taking over control. I've got it. (laughs) While Alexander Nash uh, expels his bladder, I'll try and keep some semblance of company with what's going on here. There is none. I'm sorry. There's, There's absolutely no semblance. There's nothing. We've got 
just just non-existent characters that had no point of being, and but now we care about them. Like, oh, I don't want her to get hurt. Eh, I don't care. I will say I'll give a little bit of credence to the idea of this dumb supercomputer thing that I, Alexander Nash, hates. Uh, Wesker got completely blown up by a nuclear device in one movie and somehow managed to come back. They give very little brief uh, explanation as to what powers Alice really has, but just showing and giving the idea that there is some supercomputer with Dr. Isaacs or, or a super contact lens, I don't know, whatever that device is, it at least has an explanation. And that's all I'm asking for, just a brief explanation. Oh, more lasers? Lasers all day. Didn't we do this in four or three? And one. What I don't understand is if you could manipulate it so well, why did it turn into the grid at the end of part one that kills the whole strike team squad? I mean, why doesn't he just do the fucking grid? You are asking for sense in a senseless world. I feel like I'm not asking much, but I guess I'm asking the world of this series. You always ask too much, Hank. I just want to know what Mel Gibson's dick and balls look like. Thank you, Michael Shannon. Ugh, God. Count every action film from the last 30 years and tell me how many of them end with a dumb karate fight sequence. And the numbers are going to be astounding. They'll be astronomical. Point Break ends with a cool surf sequence. I will give Point Break that, but it ends with a skydiving sequence. So there you go. I mean, it's a little well, that's bit. Not the end. It's a little different. It's the well, you know, storms. The end. The, the last bit of action. The the last scene in the movie is Patrick Swayze killing himself in a wave. I'm not pulling it till you're pulling it. But um, like. Probably the like the the weirdest offender for me personally was um, the Schwarzenegger film Eraser from like the Ooh, late nineties. James Con, bad movie. Yeah, because James Con is doing like a weird karate fight scene with uh, Schwarzenegger, and like he's doing a pretty good job because he like Con, <laughs> come on. I, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> it's like fucking ridiculous. Oh, you know, one of my my favorite things, not a, a super big action. Oh, I mean, it's an action movie, but Heat, Michael Mann's film. There's a scene where uh, Al Pacino beats the living shit out of Henry Rollins and throws him through a plate glass window. And every single time I watch it, it just cracks me up. And this is Henry Rollins at, like, peak fucking performance. It's, uh, whatever, man. Whatever. Because she's got a big ass. Oh. Funny! I'm glad we didn't pick the heat commentary to do this time. We'd still have another hour. Good Christ. I don't know if I could do it, man. I'm not a big fan of heat. I'm just not. I know that makes me an outlier to the, to the film community, but I think heat's an, it's an all right movie. I don't get the, the universal praise heat gets. I love the characters and I love the development of the characters, but I think heat is too long. I think there is way too much non-information and devices given to you with especially the Val Kilmer character, but by the end of the movie just wasn't necessary. It needed to be about questioning morals and what is good and bad, and it could have been handled differently, but it's, I, I really enjoy the movie. I, I praise it for whatever it is, but we can 
have a pretty decent discussion, I think, about Heat and point some flaws out. That's a weird thing of this, like, flashback device that Anderson used in this film, that there's all these, like, weird scenes of, like, oh, what you didn't know was... What is that? Well, again, just... I, I, I referenced Phantasm earlier, but it reminds me a bit of how that works throughout the series of all of Coscarelli's uh, footage that he didn't use for the first movie, him coming back, and you're like, well, this actually happened, and the, 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 the tall man can't be around the cold, and you know all these little things chipped in. So when you have all this, this extra footage, you, you know, sky's the limit with what the hell you can edit into later. Yeah, but that's a little bit different because that's previously shot footage that we're like, I'm talking about literally just doing this thing, like a flashback from like literally 30 seconds ago of what just happened. I don't know what the purpose of it is other than to like see Alice's beat. Ah, it turns out. Hold on. Let's flash back. Why not just put the scene in? What's this extra 30 seconds going to give us? You brought this like, up earlier. People are constantly on their phones or not paying attention, so we have to refresh already what happened because somebody looked down to check a tweet. Eh, whatever. I'm just a grumpy fucking old man, I guess. I mean, I think the point of watching a movie is watching a movie. It's it's watching the art. It's not to fall asleep or tweet or to do something else. When you put on a film, uh, not just a film, a movie, what the fuck ever, an episode of Jackass, the point was to watch it. So, I mean, you're not just being a grumpy old man. You put something on to watch it, no matter what level of art it is, Resident Evil 6, fucking watch it. Why did you put it on if you're not going to watch it? So, and the, this weird time clock thing we're using. This like, motherfucker has she, run Like, out. she has up until this time frame to release the antivirus. It's going to take a while for that to surround the plant. So where are these 4,000 people that were definitely going to be dead at this time and on if this If they were watch? spread out, the end of this movie actually exasperates that by stating that it, it goes through the air and will take some time. We'll get there in a couple fucking minutes. But, yeah, no, it, that's completely neglected. Wow. So none of this fucking matters. It wouldn't matter at all. It only everybody would just die because yeah. unless they're in raccoon, up. If, if they're in Raccoon City, that's it. That's their only hope. Oh, a battle of the clones. The exact same vial that said the antivirus in every other movie. So nobody just thought to break it open. I don't know. Dumb. Uh, dumb. This is all dumb. I'm gonna have to smoke some drugs about this. This is dumb. Smoke some drugs about it. Yeah, I, I gotta just get high to to take the end of this shit. This is dumb. Oh, you've released the antivirus, and congratulations, everybody died anyway. You tried. Like, I don't know. I guess it started with uh, uh, Snyder's Dawn of the Dead about this, like, waves of zombies. But it's just this. It's just gotten fucking really ridiculous with, see, we got CGI. We can make, like, hundreds of thousands of zombies. And they're all, like, I don't know. Like, it really got to a point with World War Z where it just got, like, really ridiculous about, like, just literal waves of zombies i don't know what's particularly interesting about that 
because I mean, you're just ultimately fucked. There's no way out of this. No amount of karate is going to save you from this mass influx of uh, human bodies. So it just it none of it seems survivable. So what's even the point? That's one of the really bizarre things, especially referencing World War Z, where he's in the Middle East and you've got that giant wall scene of all of them just climbing and climbing and climbing. There's just uh, there's no suspense of he's going to survive. And obviously he's going to just like Alice, but there's just no reliability in what's happening. Well, I mean, in that film, though, he gave himself gonorrhea. So (laughs) the zombies will no longer attack him or whatever the fuck's going on in that movie. That was just like, that's a Damon Lindelof uh, addition to that script. That was his fix, his script doctor fix on that uh, that film. And I just find that to be utterly dumb. It's like, zombies, they want to... They want the virus to continue, so uh, if you're going to die, they don't want to give you the virus. What? That's, huh? The you're entire, invisible to zombies now. The, the entire uh, making or whatever happened with that movie was unnecessary. I mean, you had a, a brilliant source material, and it turned to be just absolute waste. I would well, put more stock in Resident Evil 6. It's almost impossible to make a movie out of that book. Probably the best thing you could do is for Netflix or someone to buy the rights to it and just do almost an anthology film or anthology TV series where you do little sections, little sections, little sections and get worse and worse and worse. And, but you never focus on one main central character. And then the last episode is how that book ends, like the cleanup and blah, 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 blah. I mean, that would be an interesting way of doing it, but to have it have like a premise that runs straight through with one main character that's doing something is like it's antithetical to what the book is, which is a guy recording people's stories, not just one story. Well, that's what the movie was originally going to be. I mean, I even remember, I think Henry Rollins was cast at one point, that it was just going to be people uh, doing, you know, I'm the survivor videotape sort of things. But look, Alice saved the day. Everything's okay. And there's still she satellites. She saved the day and she's got her memories. Oh, but no fucking fingers. But satellites and massive computer systems and electricity still somehow is running. Umbrella's a very shady corporation, Hank. Well, I'm proud of Alice. I'm proud that Alice killed all the zombies and now there's 4,000 people left. And let's not worry about Claire. We don't need to show anything else. (laughs) Is Claire on the back of that bike? Where'd Claire go? I guess Claire's on her fucking own. Went down to Florida. Yeah, thanks for really wrapping that up, Paul W.S. Anderson. Uh, a it nice could take clear years for it to reach the rest of the earth. Fucking years. So everybody who's in Russia is dead. It was a vague Donald Trump gesture of saving the world, I guess. She's going to have a hell of a time using the brake on that bike with no fingers. Maybe she got robot fingers. <laughs> Oh, and that is the end of this god-awful movie. I don't know why the dragons didn't get killed by the uh, the antivirus, but they didn't. She's still got to fight more. Uh, I've heard rumblings that they might possibly yet. do a remake or a reboot of this, which I'd be up for as long as she I, made I it kind that. of more. I, I don't understand the terminology with that, where people are saying it's going to be remade or rebooted, because at this point it would just be making the Resident Evil movie, like actually making a Resident Evil movie, because that's not happened. 
none of this is Resident Evil, and and there's been brief glimpses. I think the most realistic movie uh, that is comparable as a partner to the video game series would be the second movie, Resident Evil Apocalypse. Um, there's just a lot of nods and fun nature, but it, itself on its own, I really don't have a lot of hate for this entire series. This was exhausting, though. This is probably the pinnacle of exhaust for the Resident Evil series. Well, I d- I, there's nothing in it that I really enjoyed. It's like even the action scenes are frankly ugly, uh, unintelligible by the way they're shot. Um, character development is absolutely nil. This is literally just what character <clears throat> development. Well, it just like here's a bunch of extra crap we're throwing in here to try to explain how you've fucked up this series for five straight movies, and uh, we're gonna try to end it on a high note and explain some things. Every one of I, these movies was written it. by Paul fucking Anderson. It's it's his own writing he's trying to escape from. I swear to God, the guy's just a fucking film terrorist. He reminds me so much of Andy Milligan. It it drives me crazy, and that's the <laughs> deepest insult I think you could give a director is just to say you remind me a lot of Andy Milligan. Billigan, man. You're a modern day Billigan. You don't care at all, and there's something fascinating about it. It's just this, and I agree with you, there really wasn't anything particularly wowing or exciting or anything to fall in love with with, with this film, Resident Evil, uh, the final chapter. There's just nothing to offer, and at least the last film, despite its stupid-ass nature and trying to save the child and all the dumb clones, there was something. There was some characters. Well, not only that, it's... Like, the Resident Evil film series tells a lot about at least American culture, maybe world culture at this point, that goddamn people just don't even understand what a movie is anymore. Like, TV shows, now that's where we, like, really get down and try to tell a story, but a movie is literally just there just to, like, kind of shock your senses with lights and things flashing in front of your face can't tell really what's going on, don't know what story's going on, but you know, I I paid money, so I guess I guess I got some entertainment out of it, even though there's nothing in there that was particularly entertaining. Unfortunately, people have the aspect and this thought process that to to get behind a character, you need 39 episodes, you need 200 hours, you have to just keep watching and watching and watching, and I mean, I'm not saying this isn't a real movie, but go watch, like, Hardcore by Paul Schrader. You have uh, just very light and brief examples of who these characters are, and by the middle of the movie, you can actually identify with them despite your own belief. You you have a hope, and you have a, a development of characters, and that's because Paul Schrader is one hell of a writer. That's because he put thought into what these people are. In the Resident Evil series, there's no humanity to it. I can't ever relate to Alice at any point. I mean, even, like, Kmart is a character that you might be able to relate to. LJ you might be able to relate to because they had a, a little Well, they're bit actual of human, human beings. Yeah. Alice is not even... She might as well be a goddamn robot. And from the very first movie, it's presented that way, that she just isn't part of whatever you are part of, that there's nothing really to grasp at here, and that makes it so hard to have any form of hope that you can see yourself in any of these characters, and that's something I really appreciate and enjoy when I'm watching a movie, is to be able to picture myself in this character's shoes and understanding why they're doing it and to place myself into it. When there's no humanity to place yourself into a situation or to relate to somebody, it just falls 
uh, horribly short. There, you you have to be able to have a relation to something. And with Resident Evil as a series, it doesn't really relate to anything. It doesn't relate to anything in humanity, and that's probably my biggest problem is there's nothing human about any of this it all just seems so mechanical it just seems like a collection of actions and a collection of just concepts that are really never strung together appropriately or properly at all it's just like it's stuff it's just stuff here's a bunch of stuff and this movie cost somebody an arm and their life so you know uh i, I guess salute to you, Paul W.S. Anderson, for being such a great example of safe and happy work environments for what? A, a nonsensical series that you needed to tie the end into? And I'm not trying to be a, a complete cunt and just put all the blame on him, but regardless, the fact that somebody died and uh, lost an arm for Resident Evil 6. Wow. Oh, they got sued. I oh, think they're still yeah, currently I mean, in litigation over it. Money's money, but life is life, and it's just ridiculous that, you know, life is put under value for a production of something like this, and again, not trying to be over it. This is probably the most insulting thing we've said the entire show, or I've said the entire show. This just wasn't worth the loss of human life. Uh, not even close. I mean, some people are willing to die for art, and I can appreciate that, but at least make sure your art is fucking worth it. Because yeah. I wouldn't consider any of this art. I would consider this nothing but a product of commerce. It's literally, it's just a way of making, separating you from your money. That is the entire purpose of it. It's one long commercial. There's no yeah, arguments basically. on my end. So I guess that's it. This was the very first commentary we've recorded in quite some time. The first for the Death by DVD reboot, Resident Evil, the final chapter from 2017. Yeah, what a great one to start with. Maybe we should do some more fun movies, something we like, something that's entertaining and not just a, you know, like a drag to get through. Well, at least we've completed our COVID-19 special. You've reached the tail end of it, but we still implore you to stay home, take care of yourself, wash your hands, look out for other people. Uh, this is truly a time to put some thought into things, unlike Paul W.S. Anderson who didn't put any thought to six movies. Six movies with multiple over $200 million budgets. Kind of got to hand it to the guy, though. He's probably living large and doing all right and uh, does not give a shit about what any of us have to say. He's doing just fine. His soul, on the other hand, is probably suffering. It'll be burning in hell with many of ours. So that's it. Thanks for listening. Death by DVD is recorded in front of a dead studio audience. Portions of today's programming have been mechanically reproduced. The management and the staff wish you a pleasant good night and good morning. <laughs>